0: Hello listeners, and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. In today's pod, we turn again to the gas market. Wholesale prices are falling after a very choppy summer and autumn, but there's little room for complacency for the winter. Demand will pick up, gas storage will need topping up, and we will need to keep attracting LNG. Helping me, Richard Sperson, to discuss the outlook for the winter in terms of gas supply, demand... And wholesale prices is my very knowledgeable colleague Andres Kala. A warm welcome to you, Andres. Thank you very much. Uh, always a pleasure to talk some gas. Good stuff. Well, let's start. Start and starting us off is the topic of the Australian strike, Andres. I'm hearing the the Australian strike is back on. What what's happening?
1: Well, uh, only a week ago, um, the unions were saying that Chevron had, uh, um, delivered a contract that had not, that was not including all the terms that had been agreed upon, uh, in the broker deal with the regulator, with the work regulator in Australia. And they had warned, they had specifically said, unless, uh, Chevron re- uh, gives us back or turns back, uh, the contract, uh, with the proper terms, then we're going to go back on strike. And today, uh, uh. Late on Thursday, uh, this happened. Mm. Wow. And what's what's been the reaction so far? Well, the, the mar- market reaction has been muted so far. Um, and partly uh, uh, that, that could be explained, uh, analysts told us, uh, that uh, the, because the, the, for a number of reasons. One, that uh, beforehand in the first part of the strike, there was no impact to supply. Thus, uh, the market is relaxed. Uh, that in at this stage, it, it, it's going to have little impact. Um, two, uh, we're well supplied in Europe. Uh, we have floating storage all over the place. Uh, so even if there were an immediate Im- impact, uh, uh, it, it would uh, it would it would not uh, uh, necessarily affect European balance. Uh, and it goes also back to the timing. Um, the announcement today uh, uh, was that uh, they would. Um, Uh, deliver, uh, officially notify Chevron and the regulator, the workplace regulator, uh, about the strike on Monday. And after that, we have seven working days, which gives us more or less, uh, uh, if everything goes according to plan, uh, the strike wouldn't start until the 19th, uh, October 19th. So it gives us quite a bit of time. To, okay, so to there's office. still
0: a little bit of time for, for horse trading and for for reaching a deal. So it's not – they haven't announced uh, a, when they will actually commence industrial action, have they?
1: No, until Monday, we won't know uh, when exactly and how uh, the, that stripe would look because every time uh, they, they give notice – uh, on indes- industrial action. They also give the terms of that in- of the, of whatever that industrial action may be. So we don't know if it's going to be a few hours or a uh, complete stoppage, uh, back to a complete stoppage. Uh, we still don't know that, but uh, on Monday we should be able to find that out.
0: Okay, so the details have yet to be released, and I think uh, we can say safely say, can't we, to the listeners, that they need to be following this very closely on Montel News. Now, the other thing, I mean, you know the Australian strike was the big story of the summer, wasn't it? i mean it, could you could you summarize it in a nutshell for us andres who what was happening and why did it have such a big effect
1: Well, what happened um was that one uh platform. Uh, Of unions, Uh, it actually involves two unions. Um, They uh, they wanted, well, they they demanded that their contracts be updated uh, to the terms, to similar terms that other offshore uh, workers have in Australia. Um, And what uh, and and they went uh, first uh, against Woodside uh, in Australia's biggest uh, LNG plant. They did come to an agreement in that case. Uh, the, what analysts would tell us uh, or, or told us at that moment is that, well, Woodside is a local and they know how to play the game and they, uh, they came, they came to, to an agreement uh, quite quickly without any industrial action. Uh, but then when it came to Chevron, uh, that's when we actually had the only uh, industrial action. It started about uh, uh, if I don't if I remember correctly on September seventh, uh, and it was a bit, but it, but it was a soft strike. It was just only a few hours, uh, um, a day. And then uh, it lasted for a week and the strike action, uh, the, the industrial action uh, intensified. Uh, they moved into a, f- a few hours, and f- in fact, uh, f- 10 hours a, d- a day, 11 hours a day. But there was no impact on, on, on output, partly because Chevron brought in um, workers from, well, all over the place. Uh, as far as we know, they even brought workers in from the United States to to, to, to work in the, the Australia, although that... That that's not completely confirmed, um, and uh, it. Uh, but it again, it caused no no impact. There was no no effect on European supply or even on on, on uh, Asian supply, and it was easily managed. Uh, uh, however, as we said earlier uh, the the Con- Chevron now uh, apparently reneged uh, uh, reneged uh, on the on the terms and now they're yeah mm. is, as one analyst told us uh, it's back to square one. Mm. I mean the market, you know, it, perhaps it
0: could be said overreacted in the time when the, the news broke in, in in over the summer, um, but you know the the question remains. We'll wait until next next week until we see what the what, what what how this develops further. You know, we're maybe not likely to see price moves of a, of a sim in a
1: similar way. And, you know, would that be a fair assumption here, Andres? I think so, especially but especially because we've we've had the experience to over summer. Uh, about what these scripted strikes actually uh mean and it, it, there's a, there's a lot of a, a, a posturing uh both from obviously from the companies but also from workers and they almost take a s- scripted approach to this uh i mean take for example the fact that they announce a strike uh but only for uh, only after seven working days that's that 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 if nothing else is 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 just a. Uh, a pressure point, uh, and it's a message to to the other side saying, "Let's come, let, let's reach a deal. Otherwise, we're going on a strike." Absolutely. I mean, that, that's that, that's very interesting that you know,
0: you mentioned the the Japan Korea market, the JKM versus what we say the title transfer facility price, the TTF price in Europe, and how they they reacted in very different directions. Do you think the European price moves were an overreaction, Andres?
1: What? is happening, especially this year, is that JKM, Asian LNG prices, are tracking TTF. It used to be the other way around, of course, when we were a sink, when Europe was a sink, when LNG just ended up here, uh, if it didn't find a home anywhere else uh, in in Europe. Um, But now it's the other way around. Uh, So Asia has, throughout the process, throughout the strike uh, process, maintained uh, and sustained an arbitrage. So the arbitrage, and, and, and for that matter, still favoring Asia actually now even more so than during the strikes um and it's but but it, but it was precisely because of uh yeah european or ttf uh uh do i mean it's it's grown uh, volatility obviously
0: hmm and do you think you mentioned the supply to europe we've seen kind of numbers the imports of gas into the eu fall off a bit in in recent weeks do you expect this to continue
1: Word on the market, and of course, no, uh, exactly. <laughs> who, who, who could uh, ultimately uh, confirm it uh, won't. Uh, but we... in terms
0: of what are you hearing out there? What are you kind of? What are your the, the analysts, the experts that you speak to on a daily basis? They they must have some views on sure, on this. Sure. You know? Well,
1: yeah. if, we can only we, it, it's uh, as easy as looking at the facts. Uh, for some reason, uh, Algerian supply to Italy is also down. Norwegian supply uh, could also be a lot higher. We know that, but yet uh, it's still uh, still being contained. So, what is happening? Well, a lot of the analysts are what they're telling us. What they're and traders, participants are directly telling us that uh, the the Norwegians and Algerians and producers in general. Um, they're optimizing their supply for what to what end? Well, to support prices. Uh, and 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 we have uh, w- what's also happening. Is it's very re- very much related to the contango we have now. Contango, of course, is when uh, for uh, when prompt prices are lower than forward prices. And uh, it was it was narrowing for a bit, but now it's back to widening. And what is that that the price signals that that gives? To Norway or Algeria, is keep it for now, sell it later. Uh, mm. So, yeah, this is, it, it, although there is no confirmation of this, this is what participants believe is happening. Mm. So, I mean, you mentioned the contango and prices. We are, we've fallen back to
0: around 45 or below 45 euros a megawatt hour, both for, I mean, these are for the forward contracts anyway. These are, you know, they're much lower than what we've seen, of course. But they are historically, in a historic perspective, they're high at least, aren't they? Um what what are you hearing? What is this a kind of could they drop even lower ahead of Minter? Of course we're gonna maybe discuss the other drivers out there, but what do you think is are the main things that people should look out for going forward?
1: There are always risks, but obviously uh, it's going to be Norway. That's the number one thing. Uh, LNG imports, for example, this month, this week, they're going to hit their highest uh, since middle of May uh, uh, earlier uh, from earlier this year. Why? Because of the contango. We have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of floating storage just waiting to uh, well get the extra buck from. Uh, from Europe, uh, and that's just uh, pushing up LNG imports. Um, So that's one to watch. But uh, as I said, Norway is, of course, the key one to watch. Uh, Will they uh, increase supply uh, for the rest of the month, or will they play out the contango as many others uh, are doing? Of course, uh, and there's also the, the the very prompt prices versus the 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 front month contract as you as you mentioned we're around forty forty five uh but the the um, the day ahead we're around thirty mm. i mean that's a huge price difference that obviously players are keen to uh get, get some profit from yeah, and,
0: and you know the weather is gonna be crucial here, and uh, you know we can't. Neither you nor I, Andres, are are, are, are meteorologists or weather experts. All I know is that a seasonal forecast is is very, very difficult to predict. Anything past 10 days is very uncertain. But, of course, Europe was saved, you know, as the saying goes. You know, we were saved, as we've said many times on this podcast before, was saved by a very mild winter last year. Now, what are you hearing? I mean, we're in, you know, nearing mid-October, Temperatures are still very mild. Um, what are you hearing from any sort of meteorologists or, or, or weather forecasters that you speak to? Well,
1: in terms of meteorology, we have um, we have one key factor. I think there's one key factor to watch uh, in terms of gas markets, of course, and that's El Nino, mm. because El Nino will um, uh, mm. will make the the winter in Asia a lot milder, which means that we will have more LNG available. I mean. Key, the 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 key to the markets, of course, is what hap- what happens when winter comes. Uh, e- regardless if we have a beast of the east uh, or not, uh, we it, it's going to get colder and demand is going to go up. No matter we we know that much. Um, and so the question is, will we get to the point where Asia and Europe compete for that fuel for the last molecule? And that's where when, when you See the real effects, the real consequences of everything we're talking about. So weather-wise, there's a El Nino to consider. That's going to be a bit mild, mm. but uh, how Europe will cope uh, with if, if 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 there is a, a cold uh, uh, season um in both bases, both the Pacific and the Atlantic, that's uh, the main question. We're we're still long. We're still long. uh, uh, Technically, theoretically, we're long on gas. uh, Norway can export more. Uh, um, Algeria can export more. We're getting very healthy supplies from Azerbaijan. We still have the question mark, big question mark of Russia, of course, uh, at all times. But LNG supply is also very good, Uh, and uh, Asia is not uh, is is a apparently taken in mostly contracted volumes, leaving all, all, most of the spot for Europe. So if you put it all together, it, it's, it's a pretty comfortable situation. Can we relax? No, of course not, we can't relax because uh, there might be a disruption again mm. and and they all eventually there will be a disruption. or Russia might choose to cut uh, uh, LNG supplies or they might choose to sanction NAFTA guys in Ukraine as they have threatened to do. Mm. and all that would have consequences on the on the balance. So uh, everything is we're long theoretically mm. uh, to, uh, to uh, point that out again, uh, but uh, yeah, we certainly can't relax not at any moment.
0: No, absolutely. This is what I warned about in the um, or mentioned in the intro that I think, you know, that we still can't be complacent. I think that's that's one thing what the last two or three years have talked you know, taught us that complacency is 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 not a a factor that we or an element that we should be bringing into discussion here. But if I can, uh, I mean, it's also you mentioned Russia here. And I think it's still quite fascinating. And I think that's often quite forgotten that, you know, in, in terms of a lot of the bans on commodities coming from Russia Russia is still an important supplier of LNG and even it's making money through piping gas through the Ukraine, isn't it? I
1: mean, it's uh, that's often not talked about. And the question we don't know, and nobody knows, and precisely only the president of Russia knows, uh, Vladimir Putin, of course, is what they choose to do in uh, amid a war. Mm. At the end of the day, one of the options participants have uh, talked to me about is uh, what if they choose to sanction the LNG coming into Europe? Mm. there's the, most of our gas uh russian gas coming into europe is, is lng it's term it's term contracts uh to total from france to naturgy from spain uh there are, a, a lot of it is contracted volume, or most of it is contracted volume so what if if russia wanted to hurt europe mm. again as it has in the in the past as, tri- as it has tried in any case uh yeah that would be one way to go and they certainly have enough customers in asia so uh, uh and they have
0: form uh, in terms of uh, the way the the gas was was um, was cut off um, from from August 2021 until you know until early or the Q1 of 2022. So they it's not inconceivable that that could happen in terms of LNG flows. I think that's that's quite an interesting that they suddenly just stop the the flows or or don't honor those contracts, those long term contracts that they address. That's a very very interesting point. But you also mentioned. Asian uh, supply, and uh, in terms of, I mean, so, so the Asian demand uh, in terms of La Nina, and, and if there's a mild weather in Northeast Asia, the demand, you know, this, this LNG competition between Northeast Asia and Europe will, will not be that fierce.
1: Uh, El, uh, obviously, El Nino will be one of those effects, but we have it also, we're, we're, Asia is going to be long as well, as, as, at least that's what we expect, and of course, weather con- contingent, uh, but uh, because of nuclear generation, mm. nuclear generation in Japan, it's, it's about 40% higher year on year, winter on winter, it's about 40% higher. And that's uh, equivalent uh, to, yeah, around 15 cargoes that Mm -hmm. are gonna be freed up. And 15 cargoes means everything to Europe, uh, Mm -hmm. and that's that's just Japan. South Korea's in a very similar situation, their nuclear nuclear generation is also uh contributing to diminish the uh, LNG uh, imports China is obviously economic uh, economically even though their imports are increasing year on in year it's nowhere close to what we expected and most of it there are uh, term contracts as well so um and and uh, emerging asia asian countries are very price sensitive and prices at even at bef- before at the beginning of winter because of course this this is the beginning of the gas year as well um this these prices are too high for pakistan for mm. uh bangladesh uh, even for thailand uh, so we're seeing less demand coming from asia and that's even without considering the fa- the, the the risk of a mild win- winter uh, in, in in asia or the well, the expectations of a mild winter in asia so um Europe will be getting it, it, its pick, uh, mm. at, at least for now, uh, uh, and it's, and we have the capacity, the extra capacity, which is also a huge difference from last year when we, we didn't have the capacity to bring in as much as we needed. Um, so Europe will, will be able to import to balance its, its gas system, uh, even uh, if we have a, a very cold winter. But again, uh, there's no there's no room for complacency because what happens if we if if any of the uh, other uh, uh, risk uh, materialize whether it's Russia whether it's a very very strong winter on both basins at the same time uh, what maybe Norway ends mm-hmm. up or Algeria uh, uh, have a a big disruption there are there are what if anything what we have learned in the last three years is that. Expect the unexpected. Mm. No, very, very, absolutely.
0: I think that's a, there's a very good point. I think there are other aspects, maybe a bit closer to home, that could are also very important. Here, and there's some thinking uh, of of the French nuclear fleet. I mean, we've seen often in past years they've struggled to to supply the, the European wholesale market with electricity in terms of what they have what they've done before and they' there are some issues there's issues of corrosion um, and the, and the fleet is aging I mean is that also when you speak to people do they is this kind of an also a concern that people are, are talking about
1: huge uh, France and its nuclear generation is is one of the main drivers uh, almost as much as weather isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the uh, the People or participants are more relaxed, uh, at least uh, what we're getting from uh, a French uh, nuclear generation forecast is that, uh, yeah, it will remain an exporter. Throughout the winter, uh, borrowing any, of course, any uh, uh, surprise, but uh, so that they're 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 pretty comfortable. Participants are pretty comfortable, and it's and it's more manageable, uh, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, all the uh, we that that's just one of the things. So another big question for me and for participants uh, naturally uh, is um, whether. Whether our LDZ, LDZ, in other words, our our household consumption, how that will react? We know in, industrial demand is is, mm-hmm. is being subdued uh, just because of prices, because of everything that's going on in the on in the global economy. But what about uh, how citizens will behave if there's a cold winter, um, mm. the, 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 a very cold winter? We don't know, and and prices are down, but that's that's not good if if, if we're just going to end up uh, uh, reigniting a, a lot of the 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 demand that we've managed to contain so far, or even without a, a, a cold winter, we've already already seen traces of this. The um, the the speed at which uh, uh, heat pumps uh, are being installed has tapered off it's coming mm. down now um, mm. and it's it's it might just be a a coincidence but it could also uh, be a sign that uh, not just citizens but even governments are yeah they're they're, they're relaxing a little too much in mm. their objectives because efficiency is going to be a, cle- a, a, a a very important aspect for any anything of the gas markets we did we talked to about- a little bit about
0: this in the previous week's episode, and I think uh, in terms of a sort of uh, rollback of of green policies and installing heat pumps or replacing gas boilers with heat pumps was one of the areas where several European countries are uh, are are looking at the costs or or looking at the the populist backlash and are deciding against that for for whatever reason. But certainly that that would be a factor, and you know, like you said, domestic prices. Are very high still, even though they are falling. I think that that needs to be, you know, and we are still in a cost of living crisis. You know, f- inflationary pressures huge. You know, food prices, energy prices. We're still, we're still not completely. We, well, I'd say we're f- very far from being out the woods. Um, but if it, it, a key fundamental factor here as well, Andres, is the. Uh, is the the storage and stocks levels in Europe and I think we we're, we're now quite healthy aren't we? that's at least a ray of light here
1: sure well that's a, until we get a a big winter storm mm-hmm. uh we know also that storages are depleted very fast uh, mm-hmm. uh in case, when when it's cold obviously um there is a caveat to that uh, um And that's LNG. Uh, 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 Why? Because the economics, and in part it's due to contango, the economics uh, make it a lot more uh, uh, affordable to, uh, increase lng send out then to withdraw from storage mm. so what's gonna, what 's going what what the market expects will happen uh, in this winter is that we're going to get as much as LNG, as much lng as we can to preserve our storage and we could have depending on what happens of course uh, we could have a, a very a very comfortable start to next uh, uh, spring as we did this year, depending on the levels but I think storages are yeah, the, the 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 main concern, and I'll, I'll I'll cite you one of the predictions from ISIS in this case. If we have a strong winter in both basins, yeah, we're ninety five percent now, but we're going to drop to twelve percent, mm. and 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 that's uh, below the five year average. So no, there's still that risk for sure, mm. There, mm. and and that's uh, of course uh, that's a perfect storm scenario. Uh, but uh, the thing is that we could have at some point we will have a perfect storm. That's it's a question of when, not 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 anything else. Yeah. And being prepared for it. I mean when you have other factors like um,
0: you know what's happening with maintenance at, at the on the Norwegian continental shelf, we, we haven't seen that level of of outages or unplanned outages for for
1: quite some time. Have they have they surprised you? Um no, uh, not in the sense that uh, we postponed them, didn't we? Because mm. we were in the middle of a war and we needed all that <laughs> gas at that point. Mm. Um, but this is going to come back and bite us, and this is what, the, yeah, Norwegian supply is not going to be able to sustain the levels that it had in the last couple of years. Eventually, it will, it, it will, it will have to come down just over depletion. Uh, mm. uh, 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 although the, obviously there are discoveries and everything, but. Force maintenance is 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 a big issue. Now I'll cite you another example, and that's uh, again, going back to Russia. It might not be voluntary, but Russian LNG exports could uh, could seriously come down because they don't because of sanctions. They don't have they don't have the 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 manpower, the the knowledge or the parts, especially. To replace a lot of the components in mm-hmm. machines that were built by Western, uh, by, by by Western players. So what could and what we do know so far is that they've managed to sustain it, um, cutting back on a lot of the uh, a lot of the infrastructural. Um, improvements they had to do, uh, so they've, they've managed to hold the beast down, so to speak. But this is eventually going to bite us. Eventually, mm. Jamal uh, exports with in at least two of its strains, they're expected to come down because the maintenance, they, they haven't had the maintenance mm. that they required, in this case because of sanctions. Yeah, so that's
0: interesting. So LNG flows from Russia could either, well, Russia could decide to just stop them or they will be stopped because they involuntary if you like because they can't do the maintenance that's required or, or something something will just just give and they they will stop but that that's v- very interesting so yeah i mean andres thank you very much for being a guest on the montel, montel weekly podcast there's lots to lots to keep in mind and i know that you will be covering all of these factors and all these issues and all the outlook and the forecast for the coming winter on montel News. for sure and always a pleasure